0: Visit our website at OALAIG.org, where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active.
1: I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Jeffrey S.
0: Hi, everyone. Um my name is Jeffrey, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi,
1: Jeffrey.
0: Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, it's really good to be here. I know Walter couldn't be here tonight, but he asked me to lead, and I'm, I'm really grateful to be here. Um, and I just want to start off by saying that uh, everyone here is, is seeing me in a T-shirt, and it's pretty significant for me because, um, uh, well, let me qualify first. I came into the rooms in September of 06, and I got abstinent on November 19th, of 06, so I've been abstinent for a little bit more than 20 months, and I'm down about 105 pounds. So um, it's been great, but um, I'm down 105 pounds, but I still don't wear t shirts out in public. I have to wear uh, an overshirt, which is what I always do, because uh, I might as well be standing up here naked in front of all of you because that's how I feel. Uh, my level of self centeredness is astounding, um, but that's the way that it is. You know, that, that's my crazy head. So um, I, I brought some pictures that I want to pass around um, so that you can just get an idea. And one of these pictures is one that I found at my sister's house a long time ago. And I actually, I downloaded it to my computer and I, um, I photocopied it. And I was 14 years old in this picture. And um, it pains me to look at this picture. It's very painful because uh, I'm staring at a, at, at a beautiful person um, who's not fat, uh, who has muscle definition, Full head of hair. <laughs> that a long time right ago. <laughs> um, I can see my ribs in this picture. And what is really sad to me is that um, I remember exactly what I weighed on this day. I weighed 145 pounds,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, and I thought that I was obese. And um, it's so sad for me to see this picture, and um, and and just know how early this all started for me, but um, anyway, here are my pictures to pass around. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about what it was like for me, and I'm kind of glad that I don't know most of you in here, so you haven't heard my story, but um, today is Saturday, so this is what I would have been doing on a Saturday um, before program. I would have woken up at about 5.30 in the morning, and I would have gotten in my car, and uh, I like the beach, so I would drive to Malibu. And at the bottom of Malibu Canyon, there's a McDonald's. And I would start my day at the McDonald's. And I would start with um, three egg McMuffins, three hash browns, and a large orange juice. And then I would drive to Zuma Beach, and i park my car right next to Tower 14, and across the way is a Howell's Market. And if you got there early enough, they had the, um, the chocolate-filled croissants. So it doesn't matter if they had one, I would get one. If they had six, I would get six. I would get them all. And I would eat them um, on the way crossing the street to the beach, and I would be finished by the time I got to the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I would take a nap on the beach, and then I would usually wake up around lunchtime, and I would get in my car, and I would drive to Ralph's Market at Cross Creek. And uh, my lunch at Ralph's consisted of a pound of macaroni and cheese, a pound of macaroni and beef, a quarter pound of lunch meat, a quarter pound of cheese, a bag of fried chicken, a bag of poppers, uh, six pack—no, uh, it's a six pack of um, sushi, a twelve pack of donuts, uh, some Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Uh,
1: I would take it all, and I would—you
0: um, <laughs> can't eat this food in front of people. So I would—I um, would take the food in my car. And I would drive to the back of the parking lot where there was no cars, and I would eat my food. And if I saw a car coming in the distance, self-centered, they're looking at me, they know what I'm eating, I would put the food down by my side, I would wait till they pass, and then I would finish my meal. After I ate that, i throw my trash away there, I'd go back to the beach, and I would take a long walk, and I had my walking stick because my back was always in so much pain. And I would take my walk, and um, when I was done my walk, I would get in my car, and then I would go to the top of Point Dune, because there was another market up there. And uh, there I would get the the eight ice cream sandwiches, the Nestle ice cream sandwiches, and I would eat them in my car on the way back to McDonald's down at the bottom of the hill. And then when I got to McDonald's, I would have um, four double cheeseburgers, a large fry, and a large shake. And then I would finish that by the time I got to where I would eat my dinner, which is, um, I would go to Taste of India. I love that place because the portions were so big. And I would get the chicken tikka masala, and it would come in a big container of the chicken tikka masala, a big container of white rice. I would get the naan. And uh, right next door was a 7-Eleven. And I always felt really happy to go there because I was doing myself a favor because in 7-Eleven, the cookies that you buy there, they're not the full size. So I only got two rows of cookies instead of the four rows that you would get if you bought them at the Ralphs. So I would take all of that food, and then I would go home, and I would eat, and I was thinking about this today before I got here. I can remember, um, I, I think most of the time I just ate my underwear because it was so uncomfortable to eat any other way. And I would be sitting on my couch, and I would, uh, there's no room for the food. And there was, I wasn't hungry, but I would eat it. And I would sit there, at the end of the meal was these cookies that I would eat. And I can just remember laying on my couch, just, just sprawled out, uh, it was like a Monty Python thing, and I just had this cookie in my hand, and I was just nibbling the cookie, and I, and I had to eat the cookie, and I didn't know why. I couldn't stop eating. And I could never finish the cookies, so I would throw them away. And, of course, an hour later, I would always dig through my trash, and then I would pick them up, and I would eat again. And that gives you an idea of what it was like for me. That is what I did every single week. Now, I didn't do that every night, But I certainly binged every single night. Um, I had moved back to L.A. um, in, uh, I guess it was four and a half, five years ago. And I had dieted, I was living in New York, and I had dieted myself down to about 213 pounds uh, from a top weight of about 276. And I was feeling pretty good about myself. And I had a really good close friend who was an alcoholic, and he used to go to the meetings uh, in Studio City. And he would see the same people coming out of the meetings before he would go in, and they kept getting thinner and thinner. And he said to me, Jeff, I think that's OA. Why don't, you, why don't you check it out? And I said, what's OA? I had never heard of it. And he said, it's Overeaters Anonymous. I said, sure, I'll give it a try. I was already feeling really great about myself, so how could it hurt? So I walked into the rooms, and uh, man, oh, man, did I hate it. Um, I hated everybody in there. I hated the people I hated the God talk. I remember somebody had a, a license plate on their car that read PWRLSS, and I was absolutely horrified by that. I could not believe that somebody was admitting that they were powerless. I, I, I just, it, it did not compute for me. I didn't understand. I would listen to these people talk in the rooms, and they just sounded to me like a bunch of complainers. They sounded to me like people that were just a bunch of losers. And, um, and I decided that I was going to stay for 30 days and not eat sugar. And I would take a chip, see what happens. I remember sitting in the back, I always sat in the back. Uh, People would ask me to read, I would never read. um, Never bought the literature, never did anything. I just sat in the back. And at the end of 30 days, I took my chip, and then I bolted. And I didn't come back. And um, that low weight of 213 pounds, it just, you know, steadily went up and up and up. Uh, I think... We all know that experience. Um, So what brought me back to the rooms? I'll tell you what brought me back. I um, was at my heaviest ever. I weighed 291 pounds. I had just been fired from my job. Um, I didn't have any money. Um, And I knew I had a choice. I knew that I could either do what I used to do, which was wake up at 10 or 11, take a walk in the park, great exercise, take a swim maybe at the YMCA. Come you know, go to Ralph's, get my lunch, come home and watch A and E day breaks, watch T V all day, waiting for the phone to ring. And because that was my life, that's what I did. That's all that I did. I, I wasted a good good ten years of my life gone that I can never get back. And it's sad and that's just the way that it is. Um but instead I found myself Driving um, to the OA office, I I actually called my friend who was the alcoholic and I said to him, I said, look man, here's the deal. I said, "Um, I know that I'm hopeless and I know that I will never, ever, ever be able to lose weight, but I have nowhere else to go and I'm going back. And uh, I went back and wouldn't you know that those same people who I couldn't stand about four years earlier started making a whole lot of sense. And um, I found myself the first week driving to the Darby office to buy literature which I just don't do. I don't do things like that. Uh, And I bought the literature and I remember bringing it home and I remember reading it and thinking to myself my God. It, It felt like somebody interviewed me and wrote my story. And so immediately I felt this sense of um, belonging. I felt like, wow, I'm not the only person in the world that does this stuff. Because I'm telling you, when you ate the way that I ate, you can't go with people to the beach and do that.
1: <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. You, 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 you,
0: can't, you can't eat like that in front of other people. You have to eat by yourself. And that's, you know, one of the things about this disease is the, the isolation, the self-imposed isolation and exile that I, that I, that I lived, my, my existence was... Um, it was debilitating. It was awful. It was horrible. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But I can tell you what I do wish for everybody is that they came into the rooms exactly the way that I came in. I came in on my knees. Uh, I came in, I instinctively knew, and I, I think that this is definitely from higher power, that my way was wrong. I just couldn't do it. I, I, was, I was 34 years old. I was taking two blood pressure medications, cholesterol medication. I had become type 2 diabetic. Diabetes is not run in my family, but when you get really fat, that's what happens. Um, I was taking 1,000 milligrams of glucophage every day to control my blood sugar. Um, I wasn't active. I, I was dying. I mean, I was 34 years old, and I was dying. And, you know, it's interesting because my father had died a couple years ago of a heart attack, and all the men in my family, they die in their early 60s. And or late fifties, and um, I just thought to myself, you know, it's sort of like open heart surgery is preventative medicine. Hit forty something, get the surgery, and then you live for another twenty years, and then you're done. And because that that's my experience, um, uh, thank God I came back to OA because that's not my uh, that's not what I want for myself today. Um, so you know, really interesting. I, I I um I went up to a guy. It was that first week that I came back to OA. <laughs> And he he was the first guy that introduced himself to me. And um, I went up to him and I said, I said, could could you use a sponsee?
1: (laughs) I have so much to learn, right? So he looked at me and he said, um,
0: he said, could you use a sponsor? And I said, yes, I could. He said, then I'll be your sponsor. So we started working together, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really big on signs. I, I always have been, I've, o- I've always had a relationship with a higher power. It's always been a little skewed, but um, I, I always had this great relationship with my higher power. And I remember after I got him as a sponsor, I went out in the parking lot of that meeting, and I called my friend in New York, who was also in program, and I said, yeah, I just got this guy, he's my sponsor, I can't believe I'm doing this, blah, blah, blah. And I looked down on my foot, and there's a $100 bill there. And um, so, of course, you know, I look at the bill. I look up. I'm looking around to see who's missing a 100 dollars bill.
1: <laughs> Nobody's missing the bill.
0: I put it in my pocket. i make amends for that later. Um, but, but actually what I did was I, I put the money in my pocket, and I, I waited a couple weeks, and I actually did use it for good, good, good use. I, um, I, had a, I had a doctor's appointment, and I actually used it to pay my copay um, and a couple medications. So I felt pretty good about that. Um, but I started working with this guy, and we started working the steps together. And it's really important to know that while I was working these first three months with him, I was still binging every night. Um, there was a woman that I met in the program, and she just pulled me aside and she just said, "I want you to email me your food every day." And I just said, "Okay." I just did whatever anybody told me to do because I just knew I was I was done. I was spent. I was completely done. I just couldn't do anything by myself. So I started emailing this person my food, and you know my you know my. My big thing was, you know, three meals, up to two snacks, no sugar, and no eating after my last meal because nighttime was just, it was huge for me. So, you know, my meals, you know, my breakfast was like, you know, breakfast burrito with sour cream and my lunch was a big chef salad with about four pounds of dressing and then my dinner was still the chicken tikka masala, big things, (laughs) but they were individual things. And as I'm emailing these people my food, nobody's saying to me, don't eat that. Nobody says, you can't have that. Nobody says, put that down, eat that. Have some vegetables, don't do that. They just listen. Nobody told me what to do. And that, that for me, um, now that being said, that nobody told me what to do, it's important to know that I definitely glommed onto the people in this program who had what I wanted. And I was following what they were saying. Um, the, The food is just one part of it. So, This is a really, really great story. Um, And the person is actually in the audience with me, Sean. And um, so it was about – well, I came in in September of 2006. So this was November 19th. And I I had to – I was invited to this big Hollywood uh, cookbook food party. And um, I wanted to go. And so I asked somebody in program. I said, look, I'm invited to this big shindig. It's a Hollywood cookbook party. They're going to have lots of food. We can go together. We'll make the rounds. We'll have fun. And she said, um, that sounds great, but I won't be eating. And that was like my first, uh, I paused. Pause when agitated or doubtful. <laughs> so I said, well, what do you mean you won't be eating? And she said, well, I will have eaten my dinner by then, but you can certainly eat. Uh, I'll go with you. It sounds like fun. Uh, you go and you eat. And I said, um, okay, great. We'll go and I'll make the rounds and then I'll meet you in the middle and we'll have a good time. So, um, uh, I picked her up and, um we went to this Hollywood cookbook food tasting party and, uh, a really amazing thing happened. We basically stood in the middle of the room and we talked program for an hour and a half. And I didn't eat. Oh, man. And, and that was the night that I got abstinent. And, um, Uh, I can't explain it. I I don't... Thank you. I don't know why... um, I don't know why the obsession for the food left me that night, but it did. And, um, you know, from that night on, my life was never the same. And... um, everything changed for me. Everything changed for me. Um, I mean, I remember when I first got into program... Um, you know, here I am, I was wearing my size uh, 58 sport jacket. My waist was a size 48. And uh, this is after I had been fired from my job. And I, I met these people and um, I went into the office. It was in a field that I never thought that I'd be working in. And I walked in and the first thing that I noticed was all these people were physically fit. And I just said, I want to be a part of this. I didn't care what they were doing. They told me that they left the office in the middle of the day to go do yoga, to go run, to box. I said, I want to be a part of this. I said, when do I start? He said, come on Tuesday. And I've been there ever since. That, that's that's from the program. I mean, that that's higher power working. And and that's also, uh, that's me taking action. Um, so I was thinking about this the other day, about when I got abstinent with this woman in the program, and it hit me. What was so profound about that evening for me was that I didn't do it alone. I asked for help. I asked somebody in the program who had what I wanted. I probably didn't even know that I wanted what she had. But something deep inside told me, do it this way. Go with this person. And I thought about that. And it makes me feel really good to know that I, um, that I reached out and asked for help and that um, my help um, was, was answered. I asked for help and somebody said, I'll help you. And um, I, I, I just, I can't even begin to tell you how the, the change, the course that my life took from that moment on. I, I can't explain why I don't think about eating donuts or eating the way that I used to. It's fun to think about it, but I don't think about it. Um, and I constantly joke about it. But when I look at those pictures that I pass around, it's not funny. It's not funny at all. Um, it's really sad. And, um, you know, this is just... This, I, I didn't know what I was going to talk about tonight, but this is just another one of those... It's a great story that I want to tell. Um, and I'm sort of all over the place, but that's just the way that it is. It's my head. So when I was doing my steps... Um, and I was doing with a second sponsor because uh, you know, different people have different things that I want, and when I reach a certain level with the sponsor that I'm with, if I want to move on, I'm going to move on because there's, there's, there's people that I have to meet in this program and there's things that I have to learn. So I was working with my second sponsor, and um, I was making my amends, and, and one of the things that I did, this is just give you an idea of how crazy my head was and how nuts I was. When I lived in New York City, Um, I lived uh, in a brownstone on the first floor in the front, and so my my windows were covered with bars, and the trash bins were right outside uh, where I lived, and I would always have to deal with the homeless people who would come by and go through my trash, and it wasn't enough that they went through my trash, but they always opened up the trash and they dumped it, and then it was just messy, and I hated it. So me, um, being the the crazy person that I am, I decided um, that I was going to teach these people a lesson, these homeless people a lesson. So at the time, I think I was probably drinking about, I don't know, 10 to 12 regular sodas a a day. And I would take the soda cans when I was done with them, and I would cut them in half. And then I would cut those in half, and I would make triangles out of them, and I would open them up, and then I would put them in the garbage can so that when a homeless person reached in, they would cut their hands so that they wouldn't come to my trash anymore. Now, I can tell you that when I used to tell this story, um, I used to laugh and joke, because it was really funny. And then when I started working the steps, uh, it was not very funny. And it was something that I had to make amends for. So, one of the things that I did in my making amends is that I I volunteered at the L.A. mission. And uh, I went with this same person who I got abstinent with. And um, I didn't know what I was going to be doing at the mission, but I certainly knew that I was going to be helping out. It was for Easter. Easter and it's something that I wanted to do. Somehow I can make amends for my behavior. So we were sitting there in the big auditorium, and they sort of just take you in groups, and they, 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 they say, oh, we need somebody here, we need somebody here. So we were sitting there, and it came to us, and they, we need somebody for the dessert table. And so, you two, this way. So it's like we were wearing big signs that said, you know, no sugar. But So we're on our way to the dessert table, and... Um, And wouldn't you know that on the way to the dessert table, apparently they needed somebody to help open up all of the drinks. So they just put us behind there instead. So we didn't have to work the dessert table. So it was my job during the day for these four hours to unscrew all of these sodas. And then my partner, we would, pictures, we would pour them in. And my job was to unscrew it. And let me tell you, for half an hour, it's really easy to unscrew those things. And what started happening was after about half an hour... Um, the skin started coming off my hands. I didn't really think much of it. My hands were raw as can be. And I got home that night, and I'm taking a shower. And I couldn't even put my hands underneath the water. And I'm, I'm looking at my hands. And I had this epiphany, and I called my friend, and I said, I said, I just witnessed the physical proof of higher power. And she said, what do you mean? I said, I made my amends for what I did to these people, and my hands are destroyed right now, and I didn't even know it. And, um, you know, it's these stories that... Um, they just... They make you think, you know? And um, make you think. And and to know that I'm on the right track today in my life... Um, So, I want to backtrack a little bit and tell you, I'm not really sure where this all started, but when I was a kid, there's pictures of me in my my, my the family pet, we had a, a schnauzer, and he had a little cage, and um, there were pictures of me in the dog cage, I used to eat the dog food as a kid. And thinking back, I don't think I ever saw my mom or my dad or my brother or my sister eat dog food, but but I did. I don't know where that came from. But that's a pretty early memory of compulsive overeating. And I don't know why I did it, but I did. So, was I born with this? Was I taught this? I don't know. All I know is that I have it. Um... I'm not recovered in this program. I've lost 105 pounds. Uh, If I was recovered, I wouldn't be standing here in front of you right now. I would be gone. Um, Because what I get from this program is so much more than the weight loss. I get a new way to live my life. I get a new way to deal with people in my life. I get a new life. And um, that is profound. I mean, there are people in my life, family members who I have, who are compulsive overeaters, And I'm waiting for that phone call that says, your brother just had a heart attack. I'm sorry. Um, I hope it never happens. Um, I hope it never happens. And all I can do is be an example. Um, I can come home for holidays sometimes. I can show up. I can show up in a t-shirt and size 32 jeans instead of size 48 jeans, and I can wear clothes today that I couldn't even imagine wearing 20 months ago. Even the same person that I got absent with—I remember we were standing outside the uh, the, the Burbank meeting. This was—I don't know—one of my first in program, and she said, "Dude, you're a hundred pounder." I said, "What? What are you talking about? Oh, you're a hundred pounder. You've got a hundred pounds to lose." I know I weigh 291, but the thought of 191 pounds? Really, you think I can do that? 100 pounds? How is that possible? I saw other people do it, but I never put myself in the same position as other people. I was always different, you know? Yeah, I came, I came, and it was, I'm telling you, you go to those meetings in the morning, and you see if there's 30 people in the room, there's 16 that have lost over 100 pounds, and they've kept it off. I never thought that I would be one of those people. And so what I've learned in the program is there's a lot of things that I didn't think about. And there's a lot of things in my life that are coming true that I really never imagined. Um, you know, my relationships today are infinitely better than anything I ever had in my past. You know, it's really important to know I, I grew up in a, in a really pretty decent household. I had loving parents who were incredibly supportive I had a great brother, a great sister. I grew up super wealthy. Um, that's a whole other story. Um, but you know, my 14th birthday present was a hooker for my father. And uh, that's a great present when you're 14 years old. But when you're 34, it's not so good. And... Uh, You know, sort of
1: emotionally
0: from that point on, it's just completely just shut down. Relationships with men, with women. Um, You know, I've talked a lot about, uh, you know, craving intimacy in my life. And, um, you know, the feeling of... of, uh, I'm talking about intimacy that's... that's, um, in, in the head, but also a physical intimacy as well, you know, uh, going to sleep with somebody and, and waking up next to them and, and touching their hair and touching their face and and kissing them. And, and um, you know, that's something that I crave in my life. It's something that I want. Um, I, You know, that's a whole other thing in the program is, you know, not making things happen and my behavior has changed so much, but yet... That old behavior is in me. It's in me. It's always dying, dying, dying to get out. It's just, it's any, any excuse it can, it it can just get out. And that's why, that's why every single day I email my food to six people. And that's why I keep very, very close to the people in program who have what I want. Um, You know, one of the things about the program that that I'm not crazy about is I I don't like clicks. I don't like... um, I don't like groups of people, but I'm I'm part of one, and um, uh, it's hard for me because th- these are people that have become so important in my life, and I owe so much to these people because. I, I, I just don't believe that I would have been able to do any of this without these people. And, and that's coming from someone I never thought that I needed anybody for anything. I mean, I remember getting into program and people talking about, uh, you know, character defects. And I would say, I don't have any character defects. I am who I am. That is who I am. I am Jeffrey. I am here and now. This is how I am. Don't talk to me about character defects. And I had arguments with my friend who was an alcoholic. We would talk about the alcoholism being a disease. And I would tell him, don't give me that shit, it's a disease. What you have is a character problem. Nobody makes you pick up that drink. Nobody makes me go to the market and pick up that 12-pack of donuts and shove it in my face in the back of my car. So it took a while for me to really get, get right with this whole disease thing, and I can tell you, you know, this is really interesting, my brother has a couple kids, and one of his kids, when she was a little girl, and she tends to be a little bit heavier, but I remember he put her up on the couch, and this is a girl, she doesn't know anything, she's just a little girl, and she grabbed that piece of celery, and she was chomping on that celery, just like my brother did when he was a kid, and I was looking at my niece going, there it is, there it is right there, I just witnessed it nobody told her to do because the other the other daughter she could care less about food she eats her dinner that's it she leaves someone the plate the other one always has to have the food around where does that come from I don't know I'm grateful that I got help at 34 years old I'm 36 oh my hold on a second oh shit oh my god I'm 38 I'm going to be 38 so I was 36 I was wrong shave it off a couple of years oh this is bad Oh my God! Where did that come? I said thirty-four?
1: Didn't
0: I? Oh, I'm going to be thirty-eight.
1: Oh my God! This is
0: just too much. I'm totally not where I am today. Um, but um, you know, thank God, my friend. When I told him that he had a character problem, you know, he didn't you know assassinate me. He just
1: uh, he just he would
0: he would smile and shake his head. And and um, you know, but but I got to tell you, c- coming into these rooms and. And seeing these people, my first sponsor said to me, he said, Jeff, what do you feel when you see these people come into these rooms that are morbidly obese? What do you feel for them? And I, I feel compassion. And so he used to say to me, well, why don't you feel the same for yourself? Why are you so hard on yourself? And, um, you know, I, before I got into the program, I had a couple friends who were um, morbidly obese. And I loved hanging out with them because they were the only people that I could be with that made me feel thin. And, um, and it was a pleasure. I used to love going into restaurants with them because I would walk in and I would just feel, I would feel like people were staring at them because they were freaks so I was invisible and I could eat whatever I wanted because, um, I was, I mean, I was, I was a rail compared to them. And, uh, I got into program and, and these sisters got gastric bypass and it's been a couple years and, um, and they're still morbidly obese. And um, and I pulled away. And uh, I remember my mother saying to me, you never talk about so-and-so anymore. How come? And I said, well, you know, I, I, I don't really spend a lot of time with them anymore. Well, why don't you spend a lot of time with them? They were great friends of yours. Yeah, but I'm... I've got this thing in my life now. It's called OA, and um, it's become the most important thing in my life, and I need to surround myself with these people. And I will tell you, I have neglected friendships. Um, I have friends who are not morbidly obese that I went to school with, college with, who love me dearly and who are supportive of me, and I have not seen them in a year. And they live in uh, Los Feliz and Silver Lake, and I live in Sherman Oaks. So, um, um, you know, there's a lot of work that I have to do in this program. I know that. Um, I I do the best that I can. Uh, I'm not perfect. I went through the steps once. It was an incredible experience. Um, After I did that, I got myself a new sponsor, uh, and I'm working the steps in a different way with him. I'm working with the sponsor of someone who I email my food to because there's an area of my life that uh, the same behavior gets repeated over and over, and it doesn't make me feel good. And, and this person had mentioned working the steps in all areas of your life. And I, and I said, eight minutes, okay. And I said to her, uh, yeah, you know, I hear that, but I don't really know what that means. What do you mean working the steps in all areas of your life? And so uh, I met with her last week, and we started working step one on this uh, little problem that I have. And, um, you know, I get great relief coming to these meetings and um, I truly love the people that are in these rooms because I really feel for everybody who walks in here. And, um, you know, I, I get to come in and show up here with my T-shirt on because it's hard for me to do it out there. And uh, because this, this should be a safe place for me to do that stuff. Um, I'll spare you taking my shirt off. But, uh,
1: <laughs> but this,
0: this is the best you get right now. But... Uh, but, you know, because when I leave here, I'm, I'm going to go have dinner, and I will probably put that shirt back on. I'll, I'll try not to, but I probably will put that over shirt back on. Um, but, you know, I love the beach. I can't take my shirt off there and take a walk on the beach yet. Um, but what I can do, I can tell you this, is um, I just started taking surfing lessons in Malibu. And let me tell you, when you buy, 20 months ago, before I got into the program, I tried on a wetsuit that was a triple XL. Now, wetsuits, come on. Women look great in wetsuits no matter what size they are. Me, it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life. And a triple XL, it just was not working. So I didn't buy it, but when I lost all this weight, I actually, I have a large wetsuit. And I've got to tell you, it looks pretty damn good. I like it. <laughs> now, of course, it holds everything in, which is really nice. Um... And, and I'm still, you know, walking on the beach and I can see all the gals laying there. And I got my board that's covering most of my body up because it's still a little hard. But, you know, these are the things that we do in program. And, you know, it, it's, um, look, so, so what do I do on a daily basis? Um, I don't do as much as I can. I, I, I try not to beat myself up. I, I give a lot of service. Uh, I'm, I'm the literature chair of the San Fernando Valley. I, um, uh, when I'm asked to speak, I speak. Uh, I go to my meetings. I'm secretary of, I was the secretary of a meeting. Um, I'm, I, I help as much as I can. Um, I talk to my sponsor, not every day, but I do work the steps all the time. Um, I speak to somebody in program every single day. And I can tell you, these people that I'm close with, I mean, if we get together and we're talking for three hours, I would say a good two hours is program stuff. I mean, and I love it. I could talk about it all the time. And if somebody comes up to me and says, Dude, you look great. What are you doing? What, what, what are you eating? I'm in OA. I have no problem saying it. I love it. What's What's OA? Twelve step program, just like Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, they usually go, oh, yeah. And then they just go their own way, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I, love, I love
0: to talk about it, and the reason I love to talk about it um, is because of what it's done for my life. Now, where I don't talk about it much is to my family. And the reason I don't is because I tried that in the beginning, and um, I've learned that uh, what it's like to go to an empty well for water. And that does not mean that they're not supportive. It doesn't mean that at all, because they're very supportive. But if I look back in my past, I mean, what happens when you lose weight? You lose your weight. Doesn't it always come back? It always comes back. And there's sort of, you know, there's, there's not a part of me that, that thinks it's going to come back, but there is a part of me that, that I love when I hear people in, who, have, who have relapsed. I love when I hear people who used to weigh four and 500 pounds, who have lost the weight and have gained the weight back to 400 and 500 pounds, and then have lost the weight. That scares the shit out of me. I don't want that. But I respect those people. I, I, don't, I don't want that. That, that is not, um, I don't want to imagine my life heavier. I don't want to be heavier. I want to be... I want to be how I am. I, I, want to, I want to continue moving into this. There's no graduation, and I'm, I'm glad about that. Um, and you know what? Oh, yeah, congratulations to all the chip takers.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but this is hard work. It's, it's hard work every single day. I have to work it every day. Every time I have a meal... Every single time I sit down to a meal, I have to think about what I'm eating. I'm counting calories now, because I hit, when I hit about 97 uh, pounds down, I hit a plateau, and I couldn't lose any more weight, and I have more weight to lose. Um, and, and so I count calories now, and I weigh everything. I weigh my freaking peaches, for God's sakes, and I weigh that stuff. And I weigh my, my, um, my, my proteins and my fruits, uh, my vegetables, vegetables, um, you know, I was having a little bit of thing the other day because I was eating like, uh, you know, two heads of uh, lettuce. And I'm thinking to myself, hold on a second. That's not being sober with your food. It doesn't matter that you're never going to gain weight eating 40 heads of lettuce if you want to. But the behavior of eating two heads of lettuce, that is the behavior that can take me right back to eating anything I want to. So, I continue to work the program. I know that I did not talk a lot about um, higher power Um, So I'll just touch upon that quickly when I have a couple minutes, two minutes. Um, Always had a relationship with God, and it's always been the same God. I I mean, I'm I'm a Jewish guy. I've always believed in God. I've always felt like I have my own personal relationship with God, but it was always one-sided. It was always, okay, I will do this, but you better give me that. And, of course, I never, ever, ever got what I wanted. Never. And now I'm programmed. Um, You know, I get to pray for myself. I get to pray for other people, and I get to say, um, uh, you know, help me, help me because I can't do this alone. Um, help me because I need the help, and help show me the way because I don't know. And um, you know, most of the time that's what it's like. And and he showed me uh, a world that I just never imagined could exist in my life. I never thought any of this would be possible. Sitting here talking to you now at uh, 187 pounds. That's what I weighed in 11th grade. 187 pounds. And that's what I weigh today. And um, that's astounding. That's astounding that I don't have type 2 diabetes anymore. It's astounding that my blood pressure is the same. It's astounding that I don't have to worry about my cholesterol. It's astounding that I can go through the day and behave good and kind and proper, and um, and just try to be uh, as good as I was yesterday, and just try to be the, the best that I can. And I'm I'm just I'm just overjoyed to be here, and I love all of you. Thank you very much for letting me share. Sure. Did, okay. Did, does anybody want to ask a question, or um, nothing? No? Really? I said everything?
1: The surf lessons are actually,
0: well, I can tell you really, how are the surf lessons going? Uh, they're going great. Um, it, it's not my sport. It's, in, it's incredibly uncomfortable to be on your stomach with your head up. It's, it's, very, it's an unnatural position. Uh, it's too hard when I go to the beach. I just want to relax. But I'm going to finish the lessons because I committed to doing it, and it's nice to be at the beach on a Friday afternoon. Yes? Yeah. It, can I
1: ask what
0: that is? Yeah, dude, that's a ridiculous question. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I, I actually, I was in the entertainment industry, and I, I, had a, I had a meeting with some guy who was in commercial real estate. And um, I just met these guys by accident, and I walked into the office, and that was the first thing I noticed. It, I, I didn't care what they were doing, I just noticed they were all, all physically fit, all young, all. I was just like, wow. This is what I want. I, I didn't care what they were doing. They could have been selling widgets for all I care. I just said,
1: <laughs> I want to be part of this. <laughs>
0: I think I heard that in a Rodney Dangerfield movie <laughs> once. But th- that's what it was. It was just, it was just, it was just showing up and, and, seeing, and coming, sweating, my, sweating like crazy in my sport jacket you know, and, and saying, I want to be a part of this. And they, all those people, have seen me change through these last 20 months. It's been remarkable. Anything else? Yes.
1: Or how did your food plan evolve? I mean, was it just osmosis? Or... Uh, thank you. How, how did my
0: food plan evolve? Um, it uh, it evolved by listening to what other people in the program said and by watching other people in the program. Um, and because I can tell you, I really, really enjoyed those breakfast burritos. Mm-hmm. But there came a time in my weight loss um, when I was down a certain amount of weight. Um, when you can still lose the weight, but what about the rest of you? What about the, the mental part? I mean, is it feeling good to eat a breakfast burrito with sour cream in the morning? Or might it feel a little bit better to have some oatmeal or something? And these are, I eat things today, I mean, I eat Brussels sprouts, for God's sakes. These are things that I never ate. I didn't even know existed as a kid.
1: But I eat
0: vegetables like crazy because I love this stuff. And I, I, I find that since I became really sober with my food, my food world has opened up. I get to try so many new things, so many different things. I don't miss the old stuff. I really don't. But it, it, it evolved uh, through watching other people and through the suggestions of other people, saying, "How about a vegetable every now and then?" I can do that. I can do that. Yes. What was the hardest part about the abs? What was the one thing that? Because I find certain things I get stuck. Yeah. Yeah, what was the hardest thing about abstinence, and it, it continues to be, I'm going to wrap up with this question, um, uh, is the feelings that come up. Uh, I, just, I, just, I just shut myself off from everything for so many years. And so when those feelings come up, it's, um, I, I don't know what to do. And and that's when I have to turn to people in the program. It, it's not the food. I mean, I, I, I you know, I don't, miss, I don't miss the foods that I don't eat anymore. I mean, pizza's not on my absolute list, but I haven't had it in 20 months because there's better things that I can feed my body. But when I don't eat those things, and there's shit going on in my life, and the shit will always happen, stuff starts to churn for me, and I don't know what to do because I've never had these feelings before. You know, 37-year-old guy who, who shut down at 14 years old um, because of a hooker named Mandy. So... Um, <laughs> Jesus. Well, there you go. But um, you know, that's it. It's dealing with the feelings. So, uh, Mandy, if you're out there, I'm sure you're doing great. So, uh, thank you all very much for letting me say. <laughs>